What's up, guys and gals? This is Rick Martinez, host of the No Soliciting Experience, asker of questions, maker of memes, knocker of doors. Gosh, that was cheesy, but you know it's not cheesy? The podcast. My goal is to talk to top performers in the door-to-door industry and even those who have left the industry. People who have done super dope things and continuously doing dope things. Again, in the industry or out of the industry. So, guys, I'm super excited to bring on this next guest. So, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to the No Soliciting Experience. I'm super pumped and super excited to have on today's guest, um, guy who's just been crushing it. He's been coming across my news feed. I've been seeing him on everybody's stories. So I figured I got to get him on. So, Seth Grenny, thank you so much for being on, brother. I appreciate you take, taking time out of your day to, you know, to, to chat with me and, and to be able to add uh, value where you can. Absolutely. Happy to be here. And I appreciate you having me on, man. I, I hope I can offer something to the people that makes their, their job a little bit easier. Dope. Awesome. Well, Seth, can you tell us a, a, a little bit about, uh, a little bit about yourself, like who you are and kind of uh, what you're doing right now? Sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Utah, like many of us um, from Utah Valley originally. And I spent most of my my younger years kind of getting into trouble in and out of trouble and um you know tried college a few times and and actually made some progress there but it just wasn't something that um really interested me um i i had one job in particular throughout all my years of growing up that was really interesting to me and it was a phone sales job um selling um basically software for people who process credit cards to protect their information. And um, that was the first commission-based um, job that I had. And it, it really took took a hold of me for a while. I liked it a lot. I took it really seriously and I applied myself. And, and for quite a long time, I was, I was the best there. And, and I made it a goal to be the best and stay the best. And, was super competitive and, and made sure that every week I was at the top of the charts and um, I, I had a really good experience doing that. That was the first job that interested me. Um, and, you know, like, like I said, I was just kind of in and out of trouble for a long time. But um, in my early 20s, I had a friend who was doing door to door and growing up in Utah County, you can't really avoid having a large quantity of friends who do door to door. It's just something that you see. And I'd always heard these guys make a lot of money and I've always heard these guys do super well, but I, I never really believed them um, until I had kind of a closer friend who was doing it. All, all I thought is these are just a bunch of dudes who drive big lifted trucks to the gym and, and wear a ton of cologne while they're lifting weights. And that was my opinion of door to door before I got into it. Um, and you know, I, I hit a, a real rough patch and ended up at a point in life um, where I, I literally, to my name, had two trash bags with some clothes in them, 
facing some consequences of, of poor choices that I'd made. And, and I was broke and, and quite literally homeless with nowhere to go and jobless. And I hit this friend up and said, I want to come work with you. And he said, okay, well, I have a blitz starting down in Las Vegas. Um, it was like the, it was like August or something of 2010. And so he shipped me down to Vegas and I started knocking door to door and, um, it was, it was super hard, but it, it made sense to me, man. Um, you know, it, it, I got it the same way. I kind of understood that phone sales job. I understood what to say and I understood when I needed to get in their house. And, um, I, I picked it up quickly. I, I sold five accounts my first day and, you know, security sales were just something that made sense to me. And, um, so that's, that's kind of how I discovered door to door, um, and did security for, for many years before getting into solar. Sweet. So, yeah. Um, so you obviously had some, some sales background, but it, it's way different, dude, going from like, from like phones to being in person. But I think, dude, the, the sales process is the same. You just got to convey the information with the right around, with, with the right amount of emotion. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, that's just what it is. Like they, they have, a, they have a problem. You have an issue, but I think what, what would call my attention is that to you, it made sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just comes down to just understanding your product and believing your product. First of all, right. Being able yeah. to convey like, look, if this makes sense to me, how do I convey this to them? Right. And then yeah. obviously you got those cues. And I, I think, I think that that's what, I mean, I'll, realistically a, a lot of first reps struggle with is to be able to understand it, really, really understand it and then convey it to people. Um, so yeah, that, that's actually super dope. But prior, prior to this, we were chatting and you're saying that you, you really aren't like a very outspoken dude. You're very quiet. And you know, on the zoom call, I can see you're kind of like, I mean, I mean, if honestly, if I were to meet you for the first time, I'd be like, okay, this guy's kind of quiet, very, very stoic, kind of like, okay, he's very reserved to himself, but dude, you just got, I mean, you're obviously in the position you are because obviously you 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 talk when you need to talk right and how 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 has that helped you because there i feel like there there's a lot of people who are who are pretty reserved but they're put into these situations where they feel like they need to be this person you know yeah yeah man i, I i've always kind of been this way I, i'm not i i don't have a big mouth um and I don't say things I don't mean. I kind of, when, when I say something, I generally mean it and it's, it's, it's pretty direct and um, pretty blunt. And, and that's kind of the way that I am, whether I'm selling people or not. I've noticed a lot of people, it's almost like there's this switch that they turn on when they're in sales mode. And then you can watch it turn off when they're not in sales mode. And I'm just not that way. Um, and, and I think it probably is conveyed to the customer pretty accurately that, I just kind of am who I am and I'm going to be direct with them. And I think that's a quality that uh, helps people to build trust. So, you know, you mentioned the the cycle and it's the sales cycle and there's a sales cycle in every product. And I think it's pretty much the same thing everywhere you go. But the one theme that I've noticed, noticed with, with really with everything that I've sold, regardless of what it is, um, legitimacy is at the base of it all. Trust, 
Um, if trust is the biggest reason that I think most salesmen don't get sales. And I think it's the, the biggest thing we should always focus on. I think it's the number one objection that we get. And it's also the number one unspoken objection because it's really uncommon for people to say, I don't trust you. And so I don't want to do business with you today. Um, but if they did, it would probably hurt people's feelings. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing is, is legitimacy. And so a lot of, um, my, my approach and my pitch and everything that I do is focused on trying to build trust and convey to the customer that I'm telling them the truth. And, and that's a major focus of mine. Um, I would say that's definitely been one of the biggest things I focus on for sure. I, you know, by nature, I, I don't have a lot to say. I'm not a big talker, like you were saying, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm good with words and I know how to say what I mean. And so I think that's important in sales. Dude, that, that's super powerful, man. That That's really true. Cause that's what it is. People ultimately want to buy from people that they trust. I, for example, right. I, when I get nervous, I just spew out. Cause that's just, that's psychologically, that's like my, my, my defense mechanism. Sure. I just start spewing out things. I start stuttering. Whatever may come out, comes out, right? Um, but in, in order to build that trust, what do you see or what have you seen that reps do that just kind of, that just kind of breaks any, any type of trust with, with the customer? Well, I, I think, um, I think, a huge portion of, of sales, probably more than many people give it credit for, is metaverbal. And I think that when someone is, even if you're not being shady or dishonest, if you're nervous, I think that that, that conveys directly to the customer. And I think that we probably read that metaverbal, that unspoken anxiety and pressure as distrust. It, I'm sure that it comes back as distrust. And so I think that the most important thing that we can be is confident and, and, you know, we were talking like about knowing your product and understanding what you sell. Um, I think that's our first job is if you really want to be a pro and be the best is fully understand what you're trying to sell to people so that you can explain and answer any questions that they have. That's your first job. If you don't have an answer to every question, it's going to be hard for them to trust you. Um, if you don't have the answer, I think it's acceptable to call your manager or your boss or whatever and, and make sure that you're giving the right answer. But I think a best practice is to study the product out and all of the potential objections and issues with, with the product before you're trying to sell it so that you can answer those questions when they pop up. That's true. That's very true. And I mean, one of the things that I feel like realistically, one of the things that, that I do still to this day and i mean i've i've been in the industry for like i don't know maybe five years now is my go-to things like yeah i'm actually really new to this because realistically i i still don't know all the answers and that's totally fine like if you don't know the answers just say okay i don't know the answer but i can get you an answer whether that's calling your manager or if you're in solar i mean for me it's like okay i don't have that answer right now but when i come back i'll be sure to have an answer for you yeah and, and the good news is that, you know, as we talk about metaverbal, when you, when you make up an answer and you don't actually have it, I do believe that a large number of people pick up on that. And so the right thing to do is always to do exactly what you're talking about, Rick, and say, 
when I come back, I want to make sure that I have the right answer for you. And I think that's another way to build trust is it shows integrity that I'm not willing to just spew out an answer I'm not certain about right now. I'm going to make sure I have it. But then once you have it, write it down and remember it so that the next time that question comes up, you do have the right answer. Absolutely. And I feel like that, that speaks volume to the type of person that you are. And that's, and that's just what people are going to start noticing, right? Your customers, the people in your teams, I mean, in a, in a way, that's what's helped you get to, you know, what you're, where you are right now, right? Yep. First started alarms, came over to solar, and now, I mean, dude, I, I kid you not, for the last two to three days, I've seen, like, that, that, that picture of you pop up about being promoted to, to regional. I'm like, dude, who is this guy? Like, everyone's like, everyone from Legacy, man. Like, Legacy has a huge support. I, I will give them that. You guys got a solid culture, a, a culture of, like, you know, praising people when, you know, obviously when, when they get results. And you guys praise people who just work and grind, which is yeah. super, super respectable. Um, so let, let me ask you this. You started in solar about two years ago, right? No, no, not even quite a year, man. Not even quite a year? Yeah. Okay, so hold on. So you're saying that in less than a year, you've installed how many megawatts? Or you've sold oh, how many megawatts? 1.5. 1.5? Yeah. Yeah, I'll break two for sure. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been nuts, dude. And you're 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 selling in Nevada, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dude, that is insane. Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy, man. I I, I never I never imagined you know the level of of success that I, that I've had since I came to Solar. It's it's blown up really fast. The region has grown enormously. Got well over 100 reps in my region. Um, you know, the personal sales and production has been wild. It's, it's really a testament to legacy, man. You know, that I, I, I shopped really carefully and, uh, having been in door to door a long time, I knew people at most every solar company. And I feel like I was really thorough with meeting with all the companies. And, um, you know, I, I've been extremely happy with my choice to come to Legacy. I had great support from the start, and there's mentorship and, and that culture you're talking about um, is a big part of what's worked for me. Is is it's just a team family feel. You know, I'll I'll be competing against the the regional John Soriano in San Diego and 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 Jory Sullivan out in Florida and we want to knock each other out because we all want to win, but then they'll FaceTime me and wish me the best like in the morning before I go hit doors and they know I'm about to spank their whole team too. And it's just, it's the dopest thing in the world, dude. I, it's so, so different than any culture I experienced in any security company I've ever been at. Um, I feel like there's a lot of integrity from the top down. Um, I have a really good relationship with um, the CEO and the CSO. And I, I just, that, I, I think that's the biggest testament to what's gone right for me is it's been the right place at the right time and, and the right opportunity and um, surrounded by the right people at Legacy. Dude, that's awesome, man. Speaking of John, I actually just uh, was just DMing John earlier. I, I actually have him to be on the podcast as well. John's a stud. Dude, John is a stud, man. Again, like 
be, I mean, even though like I run the meme page and even though like I'm, I poke fun at, you know, a lot of things in, in the industry and a lot of mm-hmm. people in, in the industry, um, yeah. dude, I, I observe, I observe a lot and dude, John, John's been, uh, dude, he's, I mean, overall just a stand up dude. Yeah. Super, super good. I mean, and it just speaks volume to one, the culture you guys have established over at legacy. Right. So, I mean, obviously that that's helped. That's basically catapulted you to where you're at. Um, but I mean, if, if you were to put it into simple terms, like what do you think has helped you the most this year to be able to produce what, what you have produced? So I, like I said, I, the, I think the first thing and the most important thing is where you're doing it. I, I think that if I was plugged into the wrong program with the wrong culture and installs weren't dropping quickly and I didn't have support and I didn't have, you know, legacy has a sales support staff that I can pass a ton of the stuff that's on my shoulders off to them. And we're a big company. And so we get concierges. If I didn't have that stuff, I don't think it would have worked. Um, but I, I would attribute um, probably two different things that I'm focused and, and I've always focused on doing since being in sales to uh, the, the success that I've had. Um, I would say the first thing is I, I treat this job like a shift. So um, I solar in particular, but most all of the door to door fields that we have, you know, I've recruited from all of them. Um, from pest control to direct TV, even talk to some of those meat salesmen, um, you know, all the different, all the different fields you look at, we have a lot of freedom and you have managers and regionals who are micromanagers and you have some that aren't, but even under the micromanagers, once you get out there, it's just, you know, doors. And I've noticed over the years that a lot of people take that freedom to mean that they can just not work and they can work when they want and they can go on vacation when they want. And especially in year round programs, um, you know, yeah, it's just, and that's, that's just not how I am, man. So since entering the industry, uh, one thing that I can say that I have done perfectly is, is I've put in the hours the whole time. Um, you know, when I, when I started back in, in 2010, I, I I started at 8 a.m. and I knocked my first door at 8 a.m. and I knocked my last door after 9 p.m. and I was hard and fast with that rule. Um, one of the principles that I really try to apply is managing myself with systems and processes rather than based on impulse and emotion. Um, and, and that's something that I think is really the only effective way for any of us to manage ourselves. So I have a shift and in the summer, in solar, it's a little different in the winter, but you know, I'm, I'm knocking anywhere from nine to 10 hours a day, every day, and I'm not late for my shift. I am not late for my shift. I show up every single day on time, I have my gear on, and I'm in area. And that time when I'm on the doors is a sacred time. No one is allowed to interrupt that time. Uh, my wife knows that, that she's not to call me unless there's some sort of emergency. My direct family knows that I'm not going to answer their calls. Even, you know, my, my sales reps and my managers that I work with know that they shouldn't be calling me unless it's something that needs to be handled right then. Um, because that time is, is for the doors. And that's the time where we need to be putting in the hours and, and producing the accounts because as a leader, that's your number one job. In my opinion. Um, so I, I treat it like a shift. Um, I, I absolutely do not take days off. 
under any circumstances unless I know two weeks ahead of time and it's in my calendar. And I put a limit on that. I have a metric controlling the amount of time that I travel. I have a metric controlling the amount of time that I take off the doors. When I'm on the doors during the day, I get a maximum of one hour lunch break. Um, typically, it's a little bit shorter, but I have a hard stop on that one hour. If I don't have my food yet and something went wrong at the restaurant, it's time to leave anyway. So I just, I, I know that I'm a little bit extreme in that sense, but I manage myself really effectively. And I think that's been the biggest divider between me and maybe some people that are, that are selling a little bit less than me is, is just that I, I ensure that I show up every day at the same time and the things that I want to get done, get done outside of those hours. I, I schedule around my shift. I show up for the shift, I work the shift and I don't miss it. Um, the second, the second thing, and, and, um, you know, I, I could talk about this for an hour. If you're in my region, you'd hear me beat up on this every week, but I ask a lot of questions. Um, I'm a question-based salesman. And, you know, when you ask how someone who's an introvert by nature can, can sell as much as I've sold over the years, you know, I, I, I ask a lot of questions, man, and I get them to do the talking. It's, it's a really effective way to, um, a build rapport. Because when I listen as you talk, it shows that I care about you. When I repeat back what you said, it shows that I'm listening to you. And that helps build rapport, which builds trust. Um, and it also helps me to direct where I want the sale to go. And, and it allows me to figure out what is important to you and how can I get you to transact with me today where your neighbor may be completely different for the same house and the same system size. I may need to focus on the warranties and you know, what's going to happen in 25 years with you, where with your next door neighbor, my entire focus may need to be on what the panels look like and what does the design look like. And so I only know that information if I ask you enough questions for you to tell me what kind of buyer you are. So I, I, I think those are probably the two biggest um, things that I focus on is number one, I work a shift. And number two, I'm a question-based salesman. I ask a lot of questions. That's awesome. I mean, both, both those things are super, super awesome. What, what I relate to the most with that is the question-based selling, right? Um, I think for me and my experience, right, and call it my sales experience, but I mean, I, I grew up LDS, so I went on my, my two-year mission. Um, and I will- The eternal contract. Sorry? You sold the eternal contract. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, sold, I got six sixty-eight eternal contracts in two years. Wow. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah down, down in, uh, down in good old Guatemala. But awesome. that dude, that, that, that was just my style of teaching. My style of teaching is my style of sales. It's question based. Cause sure. I feel like, I mean, I can go in and just nonstop talk to somebody, but mm -hmm. they aren't going to retain anything. Right. And that's essentially what it is with sales. I mean, the way I see it is if, if you want these accounts, whether, whether it's a pest control account or an alarm account or a solar account, you have to be able to ask questions. That way you get them talking and then they learn with you. You're basically teaching them. The, the better they're taught, the better they understand, the better they understand, the more likely they are to be a retainable account. Exactly. It leads to you getting paid, right? Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it's, it's so important. It's crazy. You're, you're touching about this, you're touching on this topic because I feel like that's, that's what people lack. Yeah. We yeah. have like cued questions, but like actual, you, 
take a second, you process what they're saying, you repeat back to verify that, okay, just to make sure that, that I'm understanding correctly, you say, you said this, and then you just lead in with a question. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's super powerful in, in, in any aspect of life. That's conversational relationship skills, your, 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 your communication is being better and your sales will improve. Yeah, it applies to all areas of life, man. Dating, you know, meeting women or men when you're out in public, whatever. It, 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 every area of life, the best way to get to know someone and even strangely enough for them to feel like they got to know you is to ask questions. Um, it's, it's, it's a fascinating psychological trick. It's, it goes it completely against Jordan Belfort talks about straight line persuasion in his book. But, um, you know, where he, it's just this pitch and you go straight through and push straight through them. And that's one way to do it, but I just believe very contrary to that. It's important that we focus on the individual customer. And I think there's a thousand directions that I could sell solar in. And I think that every person I meet needs a different direction. And so I I let them dictate that through asking questions. Yeah, dude, of course. And that's, that's super important. Um, just to be able to lead with that. One of the things that, that, that I'm super curious on is how, how, how you're able to do this. Because in my mind, it makes sense. But when, when you try and communicate this to a wife or a family, for them to be able to respect your shift like that, dude, um, it, it probably wasn't easy, you know, to, to get adjusted to that. Um, but you have everything down, man. Like you have your metric to be able to driving, traveling, time off and stuff like that. Um, dude, I mean, realistically, the people who listen to this won't, won't do everything that you're doing. Realistically, it, it's just a level. You're, you're just at a level that just is way up here and people are just barely trying to, you know, get up to that level. Dude, what can be something that, you know, you, you could tell like a person that recently just got married, you know? Um, to be able to try and, you know, set the standard for a relationship like that. So I, I'm, I'm not going to say that my relationship is the standard of anything because we are, <laughs> we are not perfect and it is not super easy all the time, but I, I have a wife who is a thug and, um, you know, just carries the household without hardly a single complaint. She's pregnant and doing a couple months and, um, you know, she requires very little of me. Um, but the, the, you know, <clears throat> the thing that I would say that we did right is like any good sale or any good agreement or anything in the world that goes well, we started with clear expectations up front. And so even if there was a newlywed and you haven't had the conversation yet, I think saying, sweetie, I've been working 20 hours a week and I want to start trying to work 30 hours a week next week. So this is what my schedule is going to look like. Could you agree to that? Is that something that works for both of us? If the answer is yes, okay. Could you, could you agree to not text me while I'm, while I'm knocking and while I'm talking to customers and distract me so I can stay engaged? Just start with a, a version of that. But I, I think the most important thing that we did is um, I've, I've known my wife for a very long time. Uh, we dated when I was much younger and when my life was a little bit more chaotic and then uh, split and got back together just a few years ago. But when we did get back together, I was working year round at Vivint in the GM program. 
and um, I was working really a more intense shift than I work now. I was probably knocking 11 hours every single day, six days a week, and then doing my meetings and my one-on-ones with reps on Sunday. And uh, it was really demanding. And so, you know, I, I'm intelligent enough at least to understand that I needed to find a way to carve out time for our relationship. And I've done that with date nights. And there's, there's several hours every night when my phone is on mute and only my business partner and a very select few people can call and it will come through. The rest are going to just go straight to voicemail. Um, but we started with clear expectations from the jump. Um, when the relationship started a few years ago, again, uh, I was doing this job. I was working a lot of hours. It was demanding. And I was just really honest with her. And I said, this is something that's really important to me. Um, you know, I, I've built this life and I have these, a house and, and a future and savings and things. And I came from absolutely nothing. And so I value this opportunity a whole lot. And I'm not going to start coming home at five every day. I'm not going to be an eight to five guy. And I need you to be okay with that if our relationship is going to work. I was really honest with her about that from the start. And she was prepared for that. And, and you know, she's a goal-driven person as well. And she's really supportive of me. And so um, it's worked in that sense so long as I am respectful of the boundaries that we've set and the time that I've carved out for our relationship, which I'm, I'm far from perfect at. And, you know, you'll be recruiting a big fish or you'll have a big deal that calls or something like that. And it will happen right when you're supposed to be starting your time with your wife and you got to make that decision. Um, and she's been really understanding of my, my weaknesses when it comes to that. But I think in part, I got lucky because I have a wife who's tough and in part we started with good expectations. So you ask, what would I say to a newlywed or someone that, you know, is, is newer to door knocking and trying to figure out how to, um, govern a relationship around that. And I would say, come up with a, a goal that you know works for you as far as the amount of hours per week. I think that it is really critical that you keep your word to yourself. When you say, I'm going to work 40 hours this week, you are, you are hurting yourself more than anyone else if you go work 35. Um, I, I wrestled my whole life growing up and my wrestling coach's favorite thing to scream in my face as I would run around is if you slow down, you're cheating yourself. I'm swimming a mile in the pool. And if you slow down, you're only cheating yourself. You're going to be alone on that mat when that dude breaks you down. And it's just going to be you and him. And you're the only one getting cheated. And I, I look at doors the same way. Um, so I, I think we should push ourselves to our limit. And I think that we should all maximize the opportunity, whichever field we're in. But I think that it's super important that we keep our word to ourselves because when I make a commitment and I say, Seth, I'm going to go work this amount of hours and I slack and I come home early, then I have no integrity with myself. And what does my word mean to anyone else at that point? So I would say set a goal, keep it and and be clear about it with your family. Just have clear communication instead of being scared that your wife's going to yell at you if you say, I'm going to work 50 hours this week. Just tell her. And if she yells at you now, have the fight now, figure out what works for both of you, and then you get to keep your word. There you go. Dude, there is so much in what you just said that I, I just love. Uh, there's so many things that, 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 that resonate. The first one is, one, props to your wife, right? There, 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 there aren't many married men that can say my wife is the thug. So yeah. Yeah. If, if she's hearing this, thank you. Thank you so much for being a thug. <laughs> I'll tell you said that. <laughs> Dope. And the other thing that you brought up, and it's so funny you bring it up, dude, is wrestling, dude. People, 
one of the craziest things that, that I see correlates a lot in success in door to door are for some weird reason reason are wrestlers and farm kids from Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, Those, these 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 two people, these two people with these backgrounds, tend to be the most successful people in the industry, and I I don't get it. But recently, I I had this conversation with, with a good buddy of mine. His name is Ray Gonzalez. Um, and it comes down to I mean, in wrestling, it, it like you said, you're you're on the mat alone. It's you against the other guy, right? Com- compared to sales, it's you versus you, right? No one else is gonna, you know, come in and make the sale for you. No one else is gonna, you know push you to the next door it's it's you versus you and you're absolutely right when you slow down you you are cheating yourself um and it just comes down to i mean one one of the one of the one of the greatest things i ever heard to build confidence to build momentum to start having success is to start keeping promises to yourself Mm -hmm. if if you can't keep a promise to yourself there it you 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 essentially can't trust yourself and if you can't trust yourself there's only so long you can do that until you just spiral out of or spiral down some you know dark hole you do not want to go down yeah but that's what it is it's just start start accumulating the little wins like today like in the morning i'm going to read for 10 minutes just start doing that every day just start counting those little wins and these little wins start compounding one on top of the other and then eventually you're going to be at a point where you're like, holy shit, like how the hell did I get here? Yeah. Yeah, man. I I think, uh, I think integrity is one of the most important things in the world. And I think that when you look at many of the people who have been wildly successful in our industry, a common theme is that a lot of them do have a high amount of integrity. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get me to talk about, Doug Robinson and Luke Toon for 20 hours if you want to. I Probably they could call me and say, Seth, go kill this dude right now, and I honestly would. Um, I, I love those dudes. But integrity is is what drew me to them. Uh, at my initial like meeting with them before I came, uh, um, they were super direct with me about some of the issues that I was going to face coming to Solar and to Legacy specifically. It was at a time where Legacy was changing a lot of things, the way they'd done it. And every other recruiter, of course, told me everything would be perfect and butterflies and I was going to be a millionaire in 30 seconds. And, um, you know, the way recruiting works, we're in an industry where very few people have integrity. And so I think that we as, as you know, first year reps all the way down to senior regional managers and, and CEOs, if we keep our word to ourselves and we work on building integrity and, and being a dude that, you know, no one can question your, your integrity. Um, I, I think that leads to a level of growth and success that you can't find elsewhere. Um, I think that just helps you prosper. And I know that I, I value people who I can trust more than anything in the world. So there we go. That's yeah, that's really what it is. It's, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. We're talking about this because this is um, I've, I've had this conversation with a few people recently and it's crazy how, all this just lines up. I mean, like we're we're almost on, on the same wavelength when it comes to that, um, yeah. and it, and it's absolutely true. It's unfortunately something that's lacking in, in the industry. And you know, you're you're one of the things that I've been saying for the last couple months is that there's a huge shift that's going to happen in the industry. The door to door industry is behind on the times, and you can get ahead of it now. But I feel like there there will be a big change happening. Yeah, and all yeah. these. 
all these things that you know all these shady recruiters all these slick dudes I, the the time to pull off sketchy stuff is over mm-hmm. now it's time to if you really have a foundation of what you know going off what you were saying integrity right uh, trust honesty all these things you're just going to be that much farther ahead of the competition in the future yeah yeah i i agree and i I think you're right, man. Actually, last night I was FaceTiming Doug and we hung up and my wife was, was sitting there next to me while we were talking. And she was just like, it's, it's crazy to watch the good guys win because over the last several years, I've faced some challenges by do I do the right thing or do I do the wrong thing here? Do I put up with this dude being a piece of shit or, um, you know, do I, do I check him and, and make a choice that is going to put my future in jeopardy? And I've, I've, I've made that hard choice a few times and it's burned me super bad. And, uh, you know, she said that last night and it was like the coolest thing and, and the most illuminating comment I've heard in quite a while, because I think you're right. I think the industry is catching up. I think we, it's no longer a huge secret that people can make a ton of money doing what we do. And I think that it's become more public. And because of that, I think that the shady characters are getting caught faster and faster and getting smoked and everyone knows who they are and their tricks are going to stop working. And so I think that it is the time to try and do business the right way and to treat people right and to tell them the truth when you recruit them and to stop telling people they're going to make $5,000 a kilowatt on every deal. Like, you know, just those stupid things that I hear people saying, just tell the truth. And yeah, man, I, I, I hope you're right. I hope, hope the industry shifts and, and I hope that the good guys start winning more and more consistently. Yeah, man, me too. That's, that's, that's just what I want to see. Cause I mean, ultimately if the, the way I see it is I, I praise people when they have success, right? Cause I know if they're doing it, I can do it. Yeah. If I see guys selling solar accounts right now, I'm like, dude, hell yeah. One, I'm super excited for them to, you know, to be able to figure out how to sell accounts in this weird time that we're in. And two, if they can do it, I know I can do it. Right. So it just like, it just like inspires me to just keep doing it and just keep yeah. working at whatever I, I need to do to be, you know, to be at their level. Um, Seth, I really don't want to take a lot of time. I know you have a pretty busy guy and I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, what, what I like doing here at, at the, for this final little segment here of the podcast is um, just opening up to you, right? Just to open it up to you, let you, you know, if there's something you feel like you need to impart on, on the industry or whoever may be listening, um, wor- words of wisdom or whatever it may be, um, I just like to leave this open for you to, so we can end the, the podcast. Sure. Um, well, I don't know about words of wisdom, dude, because I don't consider myself particularly wise man, but, uh, you know, just grab, grab the opportunity by the throat. Um, that's the way I've looked at door to door since I started back in the day and I was making 350 bucks a sale. I could not believe when I looked around that house, you know, my, my first splits ever that these dudes were sleeping in until noon and hitting the doors at two and coming home at six because I was like, guys, we can get 350 bucks a sale. Do you know how much money that is? Like that is wild that we can do that for something that's so simple. And, and that's how I feel about solar. I look around the solar industry and, and I see 
people who would rather work 20 hours a week and make a great income and, and live a really nice lifestyle, but not work a whole lot. And, and I would caution that this may not last forever. This opportunity to me seems too good to be true. And I think that the best and the smartest thing any of us can do right now is grab the opportunity by the throat and just beat it into submission on a daily basis until we can't do it anymore. You know, at some point we're going to be too old. At some point they're going to find out some way to automate what we're doing and they're going to take the commissions from us. Something is going to happen. And I think that now is the time for us to just maximize it the best we can. So, yeah, dude, that's that's all I've got. I don't have, sorry, any real brilliant words to change anyone's life, but just go work. Do the work. Hey, man, dude, that's totally fine. That is totally fine. Um, it's just as simple as that. And that's really what, 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 what I appreciate the most is simplicity. I mean, I can go in and overcomplicate things, but simple you know, we'll, we'll rule every single time. That's the easiest to understand and it's easiest to be able to apply. Um, Seth, where can people find you on, on social media to follow you on, uh, to watch, watch you keep killing it. Uh, Instagram. What is my Instagram handle? Seth Um, yeah. S E T H dot G R E N N Y. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, same on Facebook, whatever. I, I'm pretty easy to talk to. Um, Hit me up. Yeah, I'm here. Dope. Awesome. Well, hey, Seth, thank you so much for being on the podcast, brother. Again, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, hopefully, I, I didn't throw a wrench into your whole metrics that you got going on. You're good, my man. I appreciate your time, and thanks for having me on. I never sold a mill off what I broke in my hood. I ain't tripping, because niggas know I spoke for my home. give a fuck. with my burner and my beat turned up. AC blowing in my window down. Chucking up my hood when I hit your town.